Hey friends, thank you for joining us for The Word for Everyday Disciples with Dave DeSelm, a weekly podcast that brings biblical teaching to everyday people in ways we can understand and put into practice. I'm Gwen DeSelm, and it is my pleasure to be your host for this time together. Our teacher is Dave DeSelm. Dave spent over 40 years in pastoral ministry, planting, growing, and leading a church. Currently, he is the executive director of Dave DeSelm Ministries, offering resources for everyday pastors and the people they lead, such as a blog, devotionals, individual and group coaching, speaking, and more. You can find out more about us at davedeselmministries.org. Have you ever asked yourself the question, why am I here? Most of us have, but the answer to that age-old question cannot be found or fulfilled apart from God. You are here by God's purpose and for God's purpose. In today's message, we discover three keys that are necessary for realizing the potential God has placed on your life. Here's Dave. Let's take our Bibles in hand, shall we? Open them up once again to the New Testament letter to the Ephesians. About halfway through your New Testament is Paul's letter to this remarkable group of Christians who lived in Asia Minor. As you make your way there, let me begin by asking a question this morning. Has anyone ever said to you that you have real potential? That you have some undiscovered ability? That you have a capacity that you may have yet to to imagine or to see. You've got potential. As I look out around this room, and I know many of you, I know you heard those words. Some of you are very good athletically. And my guess is somewhere along the line, someone said to you, you know, young lady, you've got some potential. You need to practice, work out. You may have a college scholarship in store for you. You've got potential. Others of you, perhaps vocally, You could just sing from a little child, and someone said, you know something, young man? You've got some potential there. And that led itself to a vocal degree. It may have been a capacity to draw, or to dance, or to create. Someone said, you've got potential. You've got potential. And in hearing those words, the lights went on. Because you see, when somebody significant says to you, you've got some potential, you dare to dream all new dreams. You didn't think, maybe, just maybe, I can do that. I can be that. Conversely, if you never hear the words, you've got some potential there. It just takes the wind out of your sails, doesn't it? By the way, parents, that's why it is so important to love your children for who they are, but to also see what they could be. They say, buddy, you've got some potential there. Honey, you've got some potential there. Get them daring to dream some big dreams and who knows what God may do. This has played out in my life several times. Back when I was growing up, junior high school and high school, I wanted to be a great athlete in the worst way. And I succeeded. I was a great athlete in the worst way. (laughs) I was skinny and I was awkward and I was quite unsure of myself. And to make it more difficult, the sports that I really wanted to star in, basketball and football, I simply did not have the innate aggressiveness that a lot of guys did at that age. As a result, I spent a lot of time on the pine, sitting on the bench. I never heard the words on the football field or the basketball court, you know, you've got some potential there. Never heard it. Never heard it. 
It wasn't until my junior year at Elmhurst, rest in peace, high school, that the assistant track coach saw me running over the hurdles, jumping way too high, because you know you're supposed to skim the hurdles, and he said, young man, you've got some potential, and it's not in running, it's in jumping. He said, I've seen you jump. I've seen your vertical jump. I think you've got potential as a long jumper. He took me under his wing. He coached me. And you got to take this by faith. But up in the attic, there's a scrapbook. And it's filled with ribbons and medals that I earned as a long jumper. And it all took place because somebody said, you got potential. I dared to dream bigger dreams. I dared to attempt what I never attempted before. When I was a young Christian, I faced the same doubts, not athletically, but spiritually. I didn't come to know Christ until I was in my early 20s. So as a brand new Christian, I didn't know what it meant to follow Jesus as a disciple at all. As a result, I really sat on the spiritual sidelines for a while, just trying to catch my bearings. But I sensed I wanted to do something, so they asked me to become assistant Bible quiz coach. You can't get much lower in the spiritual pecking order than assistant Bible quiz coach. One time, the head quiz coach said, would you like to explain to the young people some of these verses they're memorizing? And I gave it a shot, and they listened. And they said, would you like to become junior high Sunday school teacher? And I said, sure. And they listened. Would you like to become senior high Sunday school teacher? And they listened. And someone said, you know, you may have some potential explaining the Bible to people. Would you like to become the adult Sunday school teacher in this classroom? Shortly thereafter, the leaders at First Missionary Church said, have you ever thought about becoming a pastor? I said, I'm, I'm a school teacher. They said, we think you have some real potential teaching the Bible. That's what it was. After six years of teaching elementary school, I resigned and joined the staff of First Missionary Church. Three years later, fellowship was planted. And 33 years later, I'm still here. And, but it all goes back to someone daring to say to me, you've got some potential. So I want to say something to every person in this room and every person watching this online. You have extraordinary potential. And your potential goes well beyond long jumping or singing or dancing. You have the potential to make an eternal difference in the kingdom of God. You can change time and eternity if you're open to dare to believe that you do have potential. So how do you realize that potential? We're going to see that this morning as we make our way through Ephesians. We're at the halfway point in this remarkable letter. Heretofore, we've recognized Paul was trying to explain to the people about their identity, who they are. Now he turns the corner and he says, you also have a destiny. It's what you can do, what you can be for God. So now we're turning the corner here. The key verse about that identity is in 2.10. 
looking at the screens, let's lift our eyes and voices and let's read this out loud together. Ephesians 2.10 together. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now looking at that verse, notice about the identity there. We're God's handiwork, created in Christ. Literally the word means you are God's work of art. And he's already thought about all that you could do, how your potential could be realized. So the fact of the matter is this, there will never be another you. Right down to your very fingerprints, there will never be another you. God's work of art that he wants to display to a world and to use to change a world. This is you. This is me. God has plans for you. He wants to do things through you. It's an amazing thing. That's what I want somehow for you to grasp. You have extraordinary potential. And that scrapbook isn't going to be stuck in an attic one day. It's going to be displayed for all to see, for all time, as God displays his trophies of grace. Now, in chapter 3, it's a great section of Scripture. I'd like to read verses 14 to 21 to you as a group. Then we're going to break out just three little principles here, and we'll be done, okay? Chapter 3 of Ephesians, beginning in verse 14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And here comes this great 20th verse, one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. That 20th verse, you may want to underline your Bible. God is able to do immeasurably more than all you could ever think or imagine. You have extraordinary potential. So, how can you realize that potential? The challenge is to put yourself in a situation where God can, in fact, do that in you and then through you. With my athletic career and long jumping, it's one thing for the coach to say, you've got potential. It's something else to put me in the the coach's hands, to see that potential developed, to see it worked out. And there are three key principles here that I suggest if you want to realize your potential spiritually, you need to lean into. Here's the first one. It's seen in verses 14 to 17. Look at it again. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, And I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit. First point, we will realize our potential when we're strengthened by the Holy Spirit's power. We will realize our potential when we are strengthened by the Holy Spirit's power. Now let me pause here to give a little theological point. You do not have to ask for the Holy Spirit to come into your life. When you become a believer, 
is part of the package deal. The Spirit comes into your life. Paul makes it very clear in Romans 8, 9. If you do not have the Spirit of God, you do not belong to Him. So you have the Spirit. The question is, does the Spirit have you? You have access to the You possess the Spirit, but it's something else to access the Spirit. D.O. Moody notes these words that you see. The Holy Spirit dwelling in us is one thing. The Holy Spirit empowering us is another thing. God has a great many sons and daughters without power. Don't misunderstand. This idea of the Spirit's power is not restricted to the religious elite. Oh, Dave, he can have the power of the Spirit. Those people who sang it have the power of the Spirit. The elders have the power of the Spirit. I'm just an ordinary person. There is no gradation in that. The Spirit that lives in you can empower you. But it's a matter of your submission to Him, your presentation to Him. I've been a believer for 45 years. And I am no more capable of living the Christian life now than I was then if the Holy Spirit does not move in me in power. So with me, it's a function of regularly, daily, admitting, Lord, I can't live this kind of life in my own wisdom, by my own strength. I don't have what it takes. But would you powerfully flow through me today? Would you show yourself strong in me? I'll do my best to be a willing vessel to walk with you and work for you. But I humbly admit to you, I candidly admit to you, I can't do it without you. For me, practically speaking, this is a function of presentation. A regular time when you present yourself, say, Lord, once more, empower me. Once more, flow through me. Once more, do what I cannot do. I come to you asking for that. Paul says, I pray that he may strengthen you with power. Can you imagine if you'd pray that for your loved ones? You so wish your husband would change. You so wish your wife would be this or that. And you can worry and you can nag. But when's the last time you just prayed that God's powerful spirit would flow through him? That she would live in the power of God. You so long for your kids to be difference makers for Christ and to somehow navigate the challenges of this world and to pray, oh God, by your spirit flow through my children. May my son stand strong in the spirit. May my daughter be wise in the spirit. I pray that the spirit of God would flow through them in power. Does that make sense? It's a time of presentation that is more than just words. I think it's a time when God would say, understand that it's one thing to possess the Spirit, it's something else to access the Spirit, and times of presentation allow for that. You're listening to The Word for Everyday Disciples with Dave DeSelm. Dave will continue his message in just a moment. Well, I hope you're enjoying this podcast. If you are, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Then help others find us by sharing this podcast with your friends and family. You can also support us in this ministry. Just go to davedesellministries.org and click on the Donate button. Dave Desell Ministries offers resources for everyday pastors so they can equip the everyday people they lead to become everyday disciples. And one of the ways that we do that is through the Everyday Pastor blog. In each post, Dave offers practical insight and personal experience born of over 40 years of pastoral leadership. 
This blog covers topics everyday pastors and leaders need to strengthen their skills, sharpen their vision, and care for their souls. You can find the Everyday Pastor blog on our website, davedeselmministries.org. Now let's get back to Dave and the rest of today's teaching. Second, in verses 17 through 19, Paul speaks about love. He says, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all God's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. The point is this, we'll realize our potential when we're rooted in Christ's love. To be rooted in Christ's love. What does that mean? Well, I just begin to think, what does it mean for a plant to be well-rooted? The roots go down deep, don't they? The roots necessarily have to go down deep for a healthy plant because it's there where the nutrients are. It's there where the strength is found. And that rooted love is found in the ultimate word of love. If you want to be rooted in God's love, you need to spend time in the word of God which speaks about that love. Here's a question I want to ask you. How rooted are you in God's word? Do you send your roots down deep? On a regular, if not daily basis, do you say, in effect, I so need to be strengthened by those words of how loved I am. I need to have fresh perspective. I need to be rooted in your love, Lord. Speak to me about your love. But there's something else that being rooted means. It's not just accessing nutrients. It's stability during the winds of adversity. Remember last June, it's hard to believe, it was the wettest June on record here in the city. Remember that? Do you remember the windstorm that came in on the backside of that? How many lost a tree in their yard? We lost multiple trees in our property. Here's the thing they all had in common. All those trees that went over had shallow root systems. And when the winds came, they weren't able to stand. For you to be rooted in God's love is to access the nutrients that he provides for you in his word, but to also find the stability, because i got news for you. You're going to face the winds of adversity. And if your roots are now down deep, if you don't know that God loves you, if you don't know something as simple as this, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so you won't be able to stand. So for me, it really requires me to to look hard and long at the importance of being God's word. I love the way one commentator speaks about this love of Christ. Christ's love, this man writes, is total, complete, eternal, and all-encompassing. It's wide, covering the breadth of our experience. It's long, continuing throughout our lives and into eternity. It's high, rising to the heights of our celebration and elation. It's deep, reaching to the depths of our discouragement and despair. How wide and how long and how deep and how high the love of Christ is. And see, when you're confident in that love, it doesn't matter what anybody else says. It doesn't matter what anybody else does. If I know that I am that loved, I've drunk deep of his word, I'm standing solid, I'll dare to dream great dreams. I'll dare to take great risks. Because if God loves me, I don't care what anybody else thinks. I don't care what anybody else does. Because the one who knows me the best loves me the most. When you're rooted in Christ's love, you realize your potential. This is a function of reflection. Reflection. Time to regularly sink your roots down, to reflect on Christ's love, 
And this is through time in his word. Don't just read the Bible academically. Read it ultimately as the greatest word of love that's ever been penned. God, I want to be reminded that I can be confident in your love. I want to drink deep, Jesus, of your love. I want to find fresh stability fortified by your love. And that's a time of reflection. Where we realize our potential when we're strengthened by the Spirit's power, when we're rooted in Christ's love, and finally, we'll realize our potential when we're filled with God's fullness. That's what it says here. You may be filled with God's fullness. And I thought, what in the world does that mean? Filled with God's fullness, what does that mean? So I did a little bit of a word study, and I look up the Greek word for, uh, for full, and it's pleru, and it means to make full, to fill to the full. And as I looked at that, I'm going to get this thought. What if I'm so filled with God's goodness and God's love and God's grace that there's not room for anything else? What if I'm so filled with all that God is that all that Dave was gets shoved aside? And what if I get filled with God's vision and passion and love for the kingdom? Can you see why when you're this filled, you have all kinds of potential? Oh God, fill me to the brim with you. May there be more of yourself and less of myself. Fill me, fill me fresh, make me full. And for me, this is a function of submission, of submission. I bow before you. May your ways become my ways today. May your dreams become my dreams. May I live not for my kingdom, but for your kingdom. I submit myself to you this day. You say, do you do all three of those prayers every day? No. But after studying this, I recognize that if I want God to do immeasurably more than all I can ever ask or imagine, I would stance myself well if I would. To have a time of presentation, fill me with your spirit, I need power today. A time of reflection, remind me of how much Jesus loves me. A time of submission, may my agenda not be my own, but yours. May your will be done, not mine. May your kingdom come, not mine. And when we do that, all kinds of potential is realized. I think one of the greatest travesties in the church of Jesus Christ today is they look at these words as only for the spiritually elite, the pastors, the seminary trained, the staff, the elders. And yet I see Paul writing this to ordinary men and women. Oh, that you could know the potential that you have. And I look, look out among you, and I just dream this dream for every one of you here. Oh, that you could understand that you are uniquely made. You are specially loved. And there are good works that God wants you to do in your neighborhood, at your school, on the job, in the gym. God has created you as a work of art. Here's the thing. This is your one and only shot. You got one life to live. One life. And here you sit. At this place. Among this people. In this city. At this time. And your potential can be realized if you can somehow know the Holy Spirit's power, Christ's love, and God's fullness. And can you imagine the individual lives, the families, and a city that can be changed when we start living that destiny out? 
I love the way that great 20th verse builds. It says, he is able. He is able to do. He is able to do exceedingly. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than all we ask. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than all we ask or imagine. How's that? Let's say those phrases together. He is able. He is able to do. He is able to do exceedingly. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than all we ask. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than all we ask or imagine. Oh, that your potential could be realized. God longs for it. This world is desperate for it. Are you ready for it? And are you open to it? Thank you so much for joining us for The Word for Everyday Disciples with Dave DeSelm. If you'd like to let Pastor Dave know how this message has blessed you, send him an email at dave at davedeselmministries.org. Then join us next time as we look to God's Word for help and hope as we follow Jesus every day.